0: This is Thurman Hayes, pastor of First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. We want to welcome you to this message from our services at First Baptist. We're a congregation that is seeking to touch lives through the life-changing power of the gospel. I pray that you'll encounter Christ in his power. Well, turning your Bibles to Psalm 84, which you just sung part of it. And we're talking today about the pull of of home, Psalm 84. I'm going to be reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version today. I just like the, the way that it translates um, this particular psalm. Psalm 84, and we're talking about the pull of home. Let's look at it together, and we'll look at the whole psalm this morning. Psalm number 84. If you're joining us by video, let me encourage you. Have a Bible open and just follow along uh, throughout the course of the, of the message. Psalm 84, beginning with verse 1. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts, My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Oh, Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. And so, Father, we come before you now and we ask you, to speak to us through your word as we study this psalm that pilgrims sang on their way to Jerusalem. May we be reminded that we too are pilgrims who are on our way home and we need the encouragement that you give by the power of your spirit as we make this journey. To the name of Jesus that we pray, amen. Well, it was interesting this week uh, living in the the house that I grew up in, since our house did not have power, and uh, and just kind of being there a lot this week and sleeping there and everything, I was flooded with memories, wonderful memories. I, I walk in the doors of that, that, that house and I'm, I'm I feel enveloped in in goodness. Uh, think about godly. Uh, parents who, who who raised me with the with with the love of the Lord and thinking about wonderful times as a family in the den and around the table, uh, thinking about great times with our extended family with aunts and uncles and cousins as they would come over for Christmas Eve. Now, thinking about uh, playing football in the front yard and basketball in the driveway and, and throwing baseball with my dad in the backyard, thinking about different, different nooks in that house where I, my, my love of, of reading was nourished. Thinking about the, the, the bedroom where I was one day when the Holy Spirit overshadowed me with God's Love and, and, and God drew me to himself. A lot of great memories in that house. That's a pull of home. And yet, we will never be completely at home on this earth in its present condition. And we saw this last week as we looked at Psalm 81, right? Because we saw last week that we have been delivered from our our slavery, slavery to death and sin, right? We've experienced our own exodus, and we are on a journey to the promised land, but we're not there yet. And so we're in this in-between time. We're in our own wilderness in this period. And so there's a longing for home, and that's what Psalm 84 is all about. Because until we, we, until we get there, there's always going to be a sense of longing. There's going to be a sense of homesickness. Because the world as it is right now is not truly our home. If you feel totally at home in this world as it is now, then you, you don't know God. Psalm 84 is about a longing for home. There's a sense of longing and homesickness that permeates Psalm 84, as it's a song that these pilgrims would sing as they made their journey to worship in Jerusalem. And we too are pilgrims. A pilgrim is someone who is on the way to somewhere else, but they're not there yet, that's us. This is a pilgrim song. And it's for we pilgrims today as well. So let's take a look at it. The first thing that we see here is a longing for Home, longing for home. Look at verses one and two. The psalmist says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. Now, when the psalmist talks in verse one about God's dwelling place, and in verse two about the courts of the Lord, he's talking about the temple, in Jerusalem. And he says in verse one, how lovely is that place? Now it was physically lovely to be sure, but more than that, it was spiritually lovely. In fact, he refers to it here in verse one as God's dwelling place. Now Old Testament saints understood that God was not limited to that building in Jerusalem. Even when, when, when King Solomon built that, that first temple, he said, when he built it, in 1 Kings eighteen twenty seven, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built. He's talking about the temple. And so, Solomon understood, Old Testament saints understood that that God was not limited to that building in Jerusalem. Nevertheless, the temple was the most sacred spot for Old Testament believers because it was there in the temple within the Holy of Holies that the Shekinah glory of God made manifest the presence of God on earth. So it was a, the most sacred spot on earth to them, the temple. Now let's fast forward to today as New Covenant believers. The, the Solomon's temple is no longer there. You can go to Jerusalem. You can look down and you can see the stones from Solomon's temple. Uh, you can go to a, a place where there's a wall that was part of the second temple. And it's great to to go to that wall and to, to, to pray at that wall, I've done that. That's a wonderful experience. But listen, that is not where God's temple is today. Where is the temple of God today? Let's look at a few passages. Ephesians chapter two and verses 19 and following. The apostle Paul says, so then, he's talking to the church, So then you were no longer strangers and aliens, but you were fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So where is the dwelling place of God now? Where's the temple now? It's in his people because the Spirit of God indwells his people. So we are the temple of God. Again, 1 Corinthians 3 and verses 16 and 17, Paul says, do you not know? that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So there's no doubt, right? We are the temple of God. It's the church. And in the case of the Corinthian church, they were dealing with disunity in in that church. And Paul says, look, do you not understand? That, that you are the temple of God, that God's spirit dwells in you. And he says that if you are a part of taking that down and destroying that temple, God will destroy you. Sobering. Again, 2 Corinthians 6, 16. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling place among them and walk among them and I will be their people and they, I will be their God and they shall be my people. So again, the temple is the church, but not the buildings of the church. It's the people of the church because God's spirit is indwelling his people. So, what does this say to us today? It says we should cherish the church. Cherish the church. The church universal, to be sure. All of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. But listen, you cannot truly love the church universal without loving the church local. Be all in with your local church, with your love. It's so beautiful this week to see brothers and sisters loving one another and helping one another in this storm. Serve in your local church. Roll up your sleeves and be involved in it. Give to your local church generously and sacrificially for its advance. Protect your local church. Cherish its unity. Guard its unity. Protect it. Be all in. With the local church. It's the temple of the living God. Verse three. The psalmist says, even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Now remember, Jesus was raised on the Psalms. As a little boy, Jesus would have known Psalm 84. It's really fascinating to contemplate, right? So Jesus is raised on these psalms, and Jesus is steeped in this language, and the imagery here in verse three of of the birds comes out later on in his teaching. Jesus tells us not to worry. Why? Why? Matthew 6, 26, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of not much more value than they? Jesus tells us not to fear. Why? Matthew 10, 29 and following, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father, but even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. And so going back to verse three, listen, if even these little birds, the sparrows and the swallows have found a resting place in the presence of God, how much more can you as this child find a resting place in the presence of God? Longing for home. Second thing that we see in Psalm 84 is increasing in strength increasing in strength let's check out verse five blessed are those whose strength is in you we live in a world where uh, people can be into kind of promoting themselves you know even a lot of our leaders our political leaders are into kind of bragging and 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 and, and boasting in themselves we see it in, in the athletic field um as as well just just kind of just Uh, uh, bragging, boasting, self-promotion. That's actually not strength. That is weakness. Real strength is when we humble ourselves and allow God's strength flow through us. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. The psalmist says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Verse 6. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. Now, Old Testament scholars do not know exactly where the valley of Baca was it it was obviously on the way to jerusalem somewhere but we know it's a desert place that's obvious right it's it's dry it's arid and listen if you approach jerusalem from any direction i don't care which direction it is you're going to go through dry desert places and you're going to be going uphill and so these pilgrims are, are, are moving on their way to Jerusalem, but they've got to go through the desert. But he says that as we do that, as these joyous singing pilgrims make their way through the desert, on their way to Jerusalem, he says they turn it into a place of springs. They turn the desert into an oasis because of their joy right, because of their worship. There's an application here for us. You know, as we move through this wilderness that we're walking through, we're gonna come across people that are dry, arid, burdened, broken. But wherever we go, wherever God takes you, day by day you know on your job or at your school or in your family wherever you are through your kindness through your love through your joy make it a place of springs through your through being willing to listen to someone who's hurting through being willing to encourage someone who is broken and needs encouragement, through your kindness, through being willing to speak a good word for Jesus. As you, as you move throughout life, like make wherever you are an oasis, a fertile green place of springs, a flow of living waters, as we sung about. Verse seven. He says they go from strength to strength. In other words, their strength is getting, they're getting stronger. The nearer the goal, the stronger they get. Now, if you've ever been into to running any distance, there's a couple of analogies here. One is that sometimes when you're running a, a distance and you, you start off you start off slow. You don't uh, you know, kind of start off too fast and then, and then just crash or whatever. But you start out at a good steady pace. And then after a while, what they call a runner's high just kicks in. And it's kind of like endorphins are being released and there's just this wonderful sense of well-being and it's almost like you're gliding. And then there's another thing that distance runners experience. And that is, that no matter how depleted that you are, if, if, the, if, the, if the finish line, if the goal is that you know where it is and it's close, <laughs> you, you get that last final push, right? You think you don't have anything else to give, but you find that I do have more to give. You get that final push as you move toward the end. That's what the psalmist is talking about here. He's saying that as these pilgrims are moving closer to Jerusalem. And remember, they're going on foot, right? This is ancient times, right? They're, they're going on fit, foot, they're going through the desert. And physiologically, you would think that with every step that they took, their energy would be depleted. And yet, he says, we're going from strength to strength. We're getting stronger as we go, as we get nearer to the goal, why? Because they are energized by the fact that they are getting closer. And listen, for for us, we need to understand that every day that you live as a believer, you are one step closer to being home. You're either one day closer to Jesus coming again, or if he doesn't come during our lifetimes, you're one day closer to being with him. But in either case, you're one day closer to being home And so we should be energized by that, right? And to understand that, you know, trials are temporary. We're going to be with him forever. Be energized by the fact that you're getting closer and closer to home, that the best is yet to come. Be energized by that and finish strong. The third thing that we see in Psalm 84 is about experiencing his presence experiencing his presence. You know, at some point, the pilgrims arrive in Jerusalem. They've been on the way. They've been through the desert, right? They've been yearning for this, longing for this. And one day, they arrive, and they're there, and they're at the temple. They're in the temple complex. They're in the courts of the Lord. And what does he say here in verse 10? For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. When I read verse 10, I think about what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 3, 8. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Listen, to know God to experience his presence is so much better than the sinful things of this world that we want to cling to. Better is a day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. What a climax of this psalm in verses 11 and 12. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Now we saw last week in Psalm 81 that God is both our provider and our protector. And we see it again here in Psalm 84. He is a son to us. In other words, God illumines us. God gives us the light and the guidance. He provides what we need. God is a shield to us. He is our protector. And then, I love the way verse 11 ends. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And why would he? God has not withheld the greatest thing from us. He did not withhold his son. Romans eight thirty two he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? No, God will not withhold any good thing from those who walk with him, who, those who walk uprightly. Because he has not withheld the greatest thing from us. He has not withheld his son. So why would you withhold your heart or anything that you have from him? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the message of Psalm 84. Lord, we, we yearn for home. And we thank you that for us as believers, the best is always yet to come. The journey for us is always and only upward. And so Lord, may we be just energized by that hope. Lord, for anyone here today who's walking through hard times, painful times, those who came to church burdened, those who are watching this video who are burdened right now, by a trial that they're walking through. Father, I pray that your spirit would encourage them right now that what they're going through is very temporary, but they're gonna be with you eternally, and we're moving towards home every day. Lord, as we, as we take that journey, may we bring refreshment to those who are around us. Lord, may we make this, a, a, wherever we are, a place of springs as we allow your spirit to flow through us, that we would bring living waters uh, to others through kindness, through love, through encouragement, through uh, practical acts of love and service, through sharing the gospel with people. Lord, as we think about the fact that we as the the church today, the, the people of the church, the temple of the living God, Lord, help us to be all in for that loving the church that you loved and gave yourself for. May we invest in what you were invested in because, Lord, you are building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Father, how we we pray that we would understand that to experience you And to walk with you is so much better, so much greater than anything sin or this world could possibly offer. And so, Lord, help us to stay close to you and keep our eyes on you. Lord, I pray for anyone who's within my hearing today, whether in this room or or watching on video, who does not have a relationship with Christ. Father, how I pray that you would work in hearts right now And that by the power of your spirit that you would open hearts to respond. That that you would enable people to see the love of Jesus for what it is right now. To see that he loved them so much that he gave his life for their sins on a cross. That he rose from the dead. That death has been defeated. And that new life and eternal life is offered. And that the door is open to that. Lord, give people the grace to walk through that door. And for those of us who are already pilgrims on the way, make us faithful on the journey. In the name of Jesus that we pray. I hope you've been blessed by this message. Christ is the answer for every need, now and for all eternity. As someone once said, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, and everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Have you trusted in Jesus as your savior? If not, why not now? His arms are open wide to receive you. It may help to pray a prayer like this. Father, I know that you are holy and that I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. I know that you are a righteous God who must punish sin, but I believe that your son Jesus took my punishment for me, died in my place and rose from the dead so that I could have eternal life. Right now, I turn to Jesus and trust Almighty God, the Lord of this universe, the one who possesses all authority in heaven and earth is now your loving father and you are his child. You say, I love him. How can I honor God with the rest of my life? Well, when you love someone, you wanna spend time with him. We get to know God through his word, through prayer and through his people. I would encourage you to pick up a copy of the Bible and begin to read it. Begin to pour out your heart to him in prayer. And find a church family where the Bible is preached, where Christ is exalted, and where His love is flowing. If you're local, I want to invite you to the church I pastor, First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. I'd I'd love to meet you and help you in your Christian journey. I would love to connect you to some other people who love the Lord and who would love you too. Maybe you live outside our area. I'd love for you to write me. My email is pastor at fbcsuffolk.org. Tell me what God is doing in your life. If you have spiritual questions I could help you with, please let me know. We're on this journey together.